Welcome to the Real Life Cheer Podcast. Come join us on the journey of becoming better leaders together. Hi, you guys. Welcome to this week's episode of the Real Life Cheer Podcast. I'm Coach Maisie. And I'm Coach Becky. And uh, we are here to talk to you guys today about preparing for the competition season and what that looks like. Uh, But before we do, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Uh, We have really been enjoying making these podcasts for you guys. Uh, Sorry this one's a little bit late. Uh, We're actually going to be talking about preparing for the competition season, so that explains why we've been so busy. Yes, absolutely. Um, And while it's an exciting time, it is quite stressful making sure that all of our details are in place and all of our kids are set up for success for the upcoming season. So, um, Coach Becky, will you please share with us the fun cheer fact of the day? It involves you and I. I love it. So our fun cheer fact of the day (laughs) is um, talking about competition seasons. Um, we, so we're going to share how many seasons that Maisie and I have done competitive cheer. So crazy. Which when we think of a season, we pretty much, you know, you think if, if you're in the cheer world, that's pretty much September to February, usually yeah, March, like even February, March, into yeah. March, April. Yeah. So those, that's like the set of months each year that we're usually competing. Mm-hmm. So Maisie has done eight seasons of competitive Ooh. cheer and that includes, um, three of her own competitive cheer years. Yeah. And then um, of, of her being a cheerleader, and yeah. then five of them for her as a coach. Yep. And then for me, this is my twenty first, my twenty first season. season, and that wow. includes four years of my own years competing, and then seventeen years, yeah, seventeen years coaching. That's insane. So it's pretty crazy. It makes me feel really old. Yeah. <laughs> Really old. And it also makes me look back and realize I have not missed a cheer season. We were just talking about this in the car as we were preparing for our podcast. And she's like, you know, I've never taken a season off. And I was I like, haven't. really? Yeah. Even during COVID, like 2020. Yep. COVID, That's when we started. <laughs> yeah. So we really didn't yeah. take off a season. Like, yeah, it looked different. It was virtual. Sure. And then we did one away one. But um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't taken a season off from competitive cheer. And it's not because, it's not because like. I don't know. I don't say that in like, oh darn, like I should have. I say it like, I just love this sport. Right. I was going to say, can you tell that we love competitions? Yeah. Can you tell that's the reason we do cheer? It's just like the highlight of Mm -hmm. our year to like, I mean, yes, it's like the most stressful part of our year, but we love like the thrill of competition. We love watching our athletes come together and see them like, I mean, what's so cool about competitive cheer is you see the physical, like, manifestation yes. of the work that you put in yes. and then it's there on the mat yep now that's not always the case if you now there's been seasons where i didn't prepare right or um i allowed you know yeah certain groups in the program to kind of run things the way sure. they wanted to sure or i yeah where i just didn't run things right mm-hmm. and then when they're out on the mat it's like oh this is not a good outcome right. and we're not saying that like every year that has been like we've won every year and that's why it's been great that's not definitely not the case no but just the rhythm that we've gotten into preparing our athletes working really really hard and diligently then going to competition and watching them perform and just being like so just blown away by like what we see them accomplish yeah it's just the most rewarding things for us because those kids get to really fully understand and yeah. grasp um that their hard work is worth it yes and that's one of the reasons why we want to talk about you know how to prepare 
for competition season because it is so overwhelming and you know we do want them to be successful and we do want them to see the fruits of their labor like you said and that hard work does pay off um and so we're going to talk a little bit about our plans and what we like to do to prepare for competition season and hopefully give you guys maybe some I don't know tools in your toolbox to be able to help you out um, as you prepare for your competition season or whatever I do feel um, competition season is like you know it's like our Super Bowl or it's like our preparing for like you know Mm -hmm. whatever like how that saying goes but um, so it is it is important but it does um, involve you know different ways of doing things that apply to everyday life as well so it's not just cheerleading but uh yeah yeah, we're definitely life lessons uh, here huge um but yeah we're going to share with you guys a couple different uh things that we do to prepare uh number one being uh having a game plan ready i think is the most where we can begin really absolutely um it's really just talking with your coaching staff or even if it's just you and your other coach and talking about specifically what your goals are for the season we talked about that in the last podcast what our goals are or even if it's just you because there's been seasons where i've when i coached in high school where i didn't really have an assistant at that time and so i'm at the beginning of the season and it was just me yeah but it was sitting down and like looking at okay what this season is going to look like when are we going to start and making sure that i have a I have at least like an outline of how I want things mm-hmm. to go. We want to have a skeleton outline. So really basic things like when do I want the routine to be ready by? When do we need to have their uniforms in? When do we need to have their music by? When do we need to have choreography done? All of those basic skeleton questions that go into making a cheer routine um, really is step one. Mm-hmm. Um, step two, I really think then would be narrowing down even further so like going deeper mm-hmm. and being like okay so if i want choreography done by x date what are the steps i need to do to get there yes and really breaking it down for yourself so you're the most successful um whether that be talking with another coach or watching videos for yourself for reference or you know just figuring out that if you're doing it like a theme or whatever um but really narrowing down like getting to the nitty-gritty of those questions so not just so generic um And with that, I think what we always do, and whether it's intentional or not, um, we always start with starting to work on elements that would be in our elite section or our pyramid sections. We start with stunting for sure. We start with the stunting. We look at the score sheet, um, especially if you're competing out of state at jams or varsity events. You you look at what division you know you realistically are want to compete in. Yep. And so that's that is part of that first step. Is like where do I want to compete as far as score wise goes Mm -hmm. and um and then if you're in oregon also Mm -hmm. you can look at the score sheets and think okay i would be falling within this difficulty bracket this is realistic for us yeah this one not so much that one that bracket is too low it wouldn't be challenging our athletes enough but this one i think this is realistic for us absolutely and then then you start thinking, okay, what skills are in mm-hmm. those ranges, mm-hmm. those difficulty ranges? Mm-hmm. And let's start working on them in practice. Yes. And um, seeing what we can hit. And, yeah. you know, trying, and, and especially if you're competing in some of the higher levels, um, if you are trying in Oregon, you're trying to get to that level four or five um, difficulty score, or if you are in competing out of state right. and you're trying to get into level three or four and two. Um, you're going to need to commit to the process of learning those skills 
a lot of times we as coaches get in the mentality, especially the kids, it's like, we tried it a couple times, didn't work, okay, it's out the window. Um, It's finding that balance between that and then also working on it so much that you're wasting an entire practice trying to get a certain skill and you're basically deeding a bed, a, deeding a bed horse. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Beat. We're keeping that in there. Yeah, we are. Deeding a bed horse. I'm that's writing that the, down. That's the new quote of the, quote of the year. Hey guys, as coaches, please don't, don't deed, deed a, a bed, bed horse. horse. <laughs> um, um, that really though narrows it down. Like, like we were talking about that skeleton, like the basics, like just really making a general outline for yourself and going into the details. Like wanting to get choreography done, you obviously are going to have to figure out what level yeah. you're wanting to be at. And like you were saying, not beating, not deeding a bed horse. <laughs> Don't deed a bed horse. But like you were saying on a yeah. round, like not beating a dead horse and having a practice plan set up. That's another one um, of the ways that we like to prepare for competition season is having a game plan for practices. And I should, we should mention too, with the choreography part, mm. we do our own choreography. Oh, like yeah. at our own coaches do, we do, we work together to make up the routines um, we have made had a lot of learning curves with yes. as well. And but I realized a lot of programs they bring coaches in or sure. they bring choreographers in and I did I used to do that too. And um, and if I didn't have the staff here that I have the other coaches, I probably would still do that. Oh, if yeah. it was just me. Oh, I um, definitely would. I it's I feel like you have to have like multiple brains on this you and do. different creativity to make it happen and even then it's like it's a lot of work to come with with a routine that hits all the elements on the score sheet. So for the, your skelet, for your skeleton outline of your game plan, mm-hmm. um, if it isn't you setting a date, like we need to have choreography or like half the routine learned by this time, then it would be I need to have on the schedule with a choreographer yes. these days. You know, by this date, the routine is learned. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. I just that was a little side no, note. No, absolutely. Um, that's important to note because not everybody choreographs their own routines and I would agree with you that I would definitely bring somebody in if it were for some reason was just like me solo like for whatever reason I'd be like no I can't do that yeah yeah it just it's a, there's a lot of elements. you have different people who have different strengths you yeah. know and so. utilize utilize all strengths yeah um and going into like a practice plan that's probably like one of our biggest not just so not just the generic skeleton outline that's number one number two would be having a practice plan um and like Becky said, with beating a dead horse, you need to go into it with expectations of what your team can hit at this moment. Mm -hmm. So while your goal, say you're competing level four and you want full up two extensions and your team is working on half ups and they're a little bit sketch, okay? Continuing that route of half ups and continuing to improve the technique on the half ups and continuing to improve their stamina and strength in all other areas before obviously moving on to those things but having that in mind that you're not gonna get the end result that you want as a coach yeah with their stunting their tumbling their jumps because i'll tell you what first practice of the season looks very different from one of the last their skills are better their intensity is higher their strength is more Mm -hmm. like they are overall better athletes yes and while we can do all this preseason training and stuff there is a certain element of adrenaline and drive that comes in when these kids get into competition season itself yeah they see the results and they're like oh wow Mm -hmm. okay it's time to really get your head in the game and And they see other teams competing exactly it gives them a little bit more drive they get a little bit more excited with that um but going into it with the expectation that you're not going to see 
the results maybe that you want in that moment. And even if you are hitting those skills, say you are hitting full ups, continuing to make those improvements Mm -hmm. and then adding visual elements in. So there's extra fluffy stuff for the routine, you know, like you're not going to have the end result at the beginning. You have to start small, start where you're at Mm -hmm. in the moment and know that it will grow from there. If Mm -hmm. you are doing the things like not beating a dead horse and coming up with a practice plan that is successful for them. So not stunting for like three straight hours, which we definitely have have done done, and we probably will do again. But it's really, it it can't be every practice. You have to. Because it wastes wastes practice time for you. At the end of the day, your time as a coach and your time with your athletes is crucial. Mm. You, we, uh, we only coach our nationals girls for two hours. At this moment. Mm-hmm. We're there from 5.30 to 7.30. And it's uh, twice a week. Twice a week. Yeah. So those two hours, there's, it is, it is game on. Yeah. And it is focused. And while our game plans, and we do want them to have fun, and we have fun with them because we don't just do it because we love cheer. We love the kids. Mm-hmm. So obviously we have fun with them and we goof around a little bit. But for the majority of the time, like we try to keep it very structured. Yes. Because if we don't, we found that practices just get wasted and there's goes two hours of them just goofing off and us not even realizing Mm -hmm. that they haven't even hit a full up yet yes you know or like they hit a full up but it was kind of jank and they were ready to move on and it's like okay so there use your discretion there but really just know that your beginning result won't look like your end Mm -hmm. and go into it with a plan yes definitely so we got a knock on our door just now we heard it um it was emma our sweet emma smale she just made cupcakes She's on our J3 team. She's an incredible back spot. And she just made espresso chocolate cupcakes. And Emma... Like homemade everything. If like you're the, listening, I hope you are. The, the frosting, the It's cupcake. amazing. Oh my gosh. So good. Best interruption ever. <laughs> Don't interrupt us unless you're bringing us cupcakes. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. <laughs> anyway, um, going back to a structured outline for practice. Yes. So something I want to say on that mm-hmm. is we ask the kids, and I have to kind of like do my own soul searching with this we ask the kids to not get discouraged when we don't get the skills right away absolutely and as humans i think that's just what we expect and then also you know as as competitors we also are like this should come easy to me there's kind of that mindset like oh if we were good or if we were this this would be easy we'd be getting it right away but that's just not the way hard skills work it's just not and um and it's It's not the way any high competitive sports right it's gonna take the work it's gonna take digging deep it's gonna take those practices where you go in persistence persistence you don't hit it and what are you gonna do about it yeah and 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 you're able to come back and be like okay we're gonna try again you know get up and and do it again you can carry that on in life too because we have so many situations in life that can transfer to that and um just that persistence and staying the course staying even, consistent yes. in your skills regardless of the outcome right consistent in the pursuit of your skills that, sorry yes that's yes. yes staying consistent in the pursuit of your skills regardless of the outcome of mm-hmm. the day because we all know as coaches really deep deep down that there are better days than others mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's full moons i don't know if it's something but there's just days where the kids come in and nothing's happening Mm-hmm. And whereas maybe yesterday, everything was happening mm-hmm. and you guys were hitting full outs and hitting zero on the full outs and it was amazing. And everybody had this high of like, man, we are so good and our skills, we're hitting our skills and we are talented mm-hmm. and we're going to play so well. And then you can come in the next day, same time, same skills and nothing goes. And I tell you what, it, it really is something that 
can weigh heavily on the kids and mm-hmm. the coaches and like, oh, we're doing something wrong. We need to change something. And that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Continue to stick to your plan that you have in motion mm-hmm. and stay persistent. Mm-hmm. Stay persistent in those skills. I think one thing that Becky and I like to do is with our warm up, we like to get a good warm up in, but we're not trying to spend, you know, half an hour to 45 minutes to warm up. Yeah. We need a good solid 15 to 20 minutes to get our bodies warm and stretched out and ready. Mm-hmm. Flyers included, like wall stretch and all that stuff. And then we're ready to go. Um, and if you don't know what wall stretching is, yes. Um, on our Instagram. Yeah, you on can our look flyer at flyer flexibility, flexibility page. We, talk, we show wall stretching if yeah. you want to see what that is. And what that looks like. I'm sure like most everybody that listens to this knows what wall stretching is. Sure. But if for some reason you don't, you can just check out our Instagram anyway. Shameless plug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but really we do get started with our stunting because majority of cheer is you know a big part of it anyway is stunting so we like to get those warmed up we take 15 minutes to warm up our skills um in place and then we go ahead and we move on to the next thing and whether or not that be the goal for the day to hit certain stunt skills whether that be to hit a certain section in the routine with tumbling and jumps we move on to a and we go to that big section of our practice time is dedicated to what we need to work on the most mm-hmm. um but we don't want burnout right and so once that big section of time is like done like maybe 45 minutes Mm -hmm. we give them a you know they need a little brain break so we move on to something else that's a little bit more mindless so maybe some easier skills or we have them run some tumbling passes Mm -hmm. that are maybe a little bit easier for them and they're working on progressing to you know series backhand spring and stuff like we have them work on their jumps we have them work on their motions and their dance a little something that's maybe considered a little bit more quote-unquote fun for them to do is like their dance so they can work on their dance and and we should say too this is all our practice plan preparing for competition season earlier on Mm -hmm. obviously we'll probably do a podcast on practices once you're in you've got the routine learned you've got the skills like you you have your routine built and, and you're working on getting those skills better but you really do have your everything done and you're competing in two weeks what that's going to look like we'll definitely do an episode on that but what we're talking about now is this preseason where you haven't learned your routine yet you're you know you're getting ready to learn your routine or you're in the you're starting to learn it so pretty soon we're going to start learning our routine for s4 for our senior renegade athletes and um so what that'll look like is we spend that time stunting on whatever skills that we feel um, we need to continue. make our goal mm-hmm. yeah and continue and then from there we will switch over to you know a good solid hour of learning a section of the routine sure and so then that hour will go towards that and yep. then over several practices we hope to have learned that entire routine yep. and in that you know they're already gaining stamina and strength but we do do um, you know some different activities or different exercises that continue to um, build their stamina and strength so say we have them do we have them run like five laps around the gym and then they have to come do their elite sections right away yeah something like that you know to imitate how tired they will feel or we have them do like session. 10 burpees and 10 push-ups and then we have them do like you know their pyramid and that's all light work like yeah. if i'm being honest we make them do more than that obviously yeah. but um things like that yes so um that is more competition season right. related once they've learned their routine, routine. Because we all know that when we talk about hitting elite sections or pyramid, sure, you can walk onto the mat. You've just got to drink a water. Your heart is at like a nice, 
easy pace. Like 90, and, 90 beats a minute. Yeah. You're, you're chilling. You're chill. And you go out there, you hit your elite. It's I like, don't even great. know if that's okay. really like that good or some yeah. doctor's like, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it's... it's Aaron, I don't know. we need that. Uh, yeah, we need, we need somebody who knows medical stuff because we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Coach Aaron. Um, anyway. But... Yeah, so, but we all know as coaches mm-hmm. that putting those elite sections or those pyramids, those stunting sections in the routine and them having to go from like a tumbling section to that or remember choreography and then going and trying to hit it when their brain is working, when they're exhausted, they're tired, they're, the pressure of being in front of people. And it ne- doesn't necessarily become muscle memory for them yet either. Right. So that's a lot of pressure on them. Right. You know, and having them, you know, feel comfortable with being uncomfortable, as we like to say. So imitating that by mm-hmm. having them, you know, do some kind of conditioning before and then it's like, okay, five, six, seven, eight, everybody scramble, go to your spots. Mm-hmm. We're doing our elite sections together now. Mm-hmm. And like that has helped us kind of get more or ease into the competition routine mm-hmm. instead of just it being like all of a sudden, boom, you're doing it on the mat with all this chaos yeah. <laughs> and you've never done these elite sections or pyramid section with any kind of pressure. It's just been like, okay, yeah, go ahead and or, it. Or physical stress. Or physical, yeah, that, that physical stress on your body. It definitely makes for um, an unsafe stunting tumbling jumping cheer in general environment when yeah. you don't prepare your athletes the way that they need to be prepared yes. physically and mentally before they jump into a full routine right um one of the last things that we like to do to prepare for competition season is obviously we sit and we talk about our values with our team um and we discuss that while the physical aspect of it is so important we really like to prepare them um emotionally for what their expectations are um, as a rogue athletics athlete and uh, what the code of conduct look like looks like for them um, and we talk about that with their them and their parents and stuff but really just preparing them for what it looks like to be a cheerleader you know on your specific team so whether or not your core values be like you're loving towards one another or you work hard or you know like things like that whether it be all of the above you know really having those clearly set Mm -hmm. to them again Mm -hmm. even if they hang up in your gym like they hang up in our gym setting those clear boundaries again that this is what I expect from you athlete as Mm -hmm. your coach and um this is what I'm going to give you as your coach so if you are you know maybe I think all coaching styles are wonderful I don't except for you know the obvious ones that are negative but you know there's no like necessarily like if you're more of a tough coach if you're more of like a quiet coach and you're just like you wait for them to get quiet we've talked about that a little bit but like giving the kids like some frame of reference especially if they've never worked with you before like hey this is how I coach and I don't want you to you know take it personally because cheer whether we like to you know admit it admit it or not it is a very female dominated sport and females whether we like to admit it or not is what I was saying is uh that we're emotional and you know with the emotions of competition season coming up and all that stuff um we don't want to get our um our uh, communication muddled with our athletes Mm -hmm. and we want them to have like or we want them to know clearly the expectations that are set forth Mm -hmm. for them what we expect of them and then how we are going to coach them and approach them and you know, some people might think that's too sensitive. I don't think that's too sensitive. I think it's just communicating clearly your coaching style to them if you've never worked with them before. Yeah. Obviously, if you've known the kids for, like, years and years, it's like they know how you coach. But, like, a brand new maybe set of kids, I'm just letting you know that I coach, like, a little bit like this. So if I say this to you, it's not to be mean. It's just 
to let you know that I'm trying to tell you this, this, and that. Yeah. I think it's just setting clear communication with your kids in general. Um, but yeah, having those values set and then what you expect from them and then what you're going to give them in result of you coaching. Yep. Um, I and just think it's important. And recognizing when an athlete is exemplifying the core values and just being yeah. like, I really appreciate Want to shout that. out. Yeah, whether you shout it out to them at the yeah. end of practice you acknowledge it there and then in the moment, yep. you know, say you're working with a stunt group and the flyer, you know, something happens, but she has like a really great attitude about it. And it's like, that's okay to wear back spot. And like, we got this, like is encouraging yeah. and motivating to our stunt group. And in that moment you mm-hmm. say to her, I really like that. Like yeah. I th- that's a really coachable attitude. Yeah. Thank you for that. And the other be, kids yeah. in that group see that. Yeah. And then also it, you could acknowledge, acknowledge them with that just after practice too. Right. I'd even take it a step further and even if they have maybe a bad attitude, but they say, I need a minute to go fix it. Yeah. I need to go fix my attitude. So yeah. I just need a water break. And they communicate that to you. And they say, hey, listen, I just really need a minute. My brain's really overwhelmed and I'm feeling stressed out. But I don't want to feel like that for practice because I want to be, you know, nice to my teammates. I don't yeah. want to blow up on them. So I'm going to go take a minute. And then coming back. And then, you know, like you said, giving them that recognition. Yeah. Like, you were mad. And it's mm-hmm. okay to be mad. Yes. Because you didn't get the result that you wanted, yeah. which was hitting your stump. Yeah. But you took the time to go out of your way and fix it so you could make practice productive again for yourself. Yep. And really, it is them as athletes, when they shut down like that, yeah. that does prevent practice from being productive. Yes. So that goes into the communication, communicating to them what their expectations are. So if they do need a minute, they can communicate that then to you yes. and be like, hey, you said that it was okay if I went and took a break, if I needed a minute, I'm gonna go do that now because my brain feels really overwhelmed. You've then just prevented a whole big blow up from happening and the flyer just like giving up. And you know what they, you know what kids do yeah. and athletes do when they get frustrated, they give up. Yeah. Whether or not they like to admit it. Right. They start sitting on a stunts, they don't stand up all the way, whatever the case may be. It's like, it's like we say, it's like having a flat tire, you know, it's totally, it's a wet blanket. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's not that one athlete's fault. It's just, it's just the dynamic. We're in a sport where we have Mm -hmm. to work together. It's Mm -hmm. not an individual sport. Mm -hmm. We literally have to have every athlete in that Mm -hmm. stunt group giving 100% Mm -hmm. for something to happen. And if they're giving 50% or 10% Mm -hmm. because they have a bad attitude towards another athlete or they're feeling, you know, bummed mm-hmm. out at themselves for not being able to hit it, etc. we're not going to get anywhere. Right. And then everybody else is going to get more frustrated. Right. So that ability for them to be able to be like, I need to go take mm-hmm. a minute or recognize that they need a minute mm-hmm. or be like, you know, I just need to go grab a drink of water really yeah. quick and just like clear my head. Yeah. Um, or just to be like, I'm really frustrated. I don't know why this isn't working. And then you as a coach being able to like, give them communication Mm -hmm. on well this Mm -hmm. isn't why it's working or even saying i don't know why it's not working but let's take a break from it and we'll come back to it and i'll i'll see if i can look into it for you i think as a coach it's important to be able to say to a kid you know i'm not sure at this moment because giving them some kind of answer that doesn't make sense or isn't actually the problem isn't going to fix anything you don't want to give a quick band-aid to like a I like to use like the analogy of like you want to put a band-aid on like an open wound that needs stitches right because that's not actually solving the problem right so giving them that honest answer of I actually don't know Mm -hmm. and so we're going to take a break from it and we'll come back to it when you're not so frustrated um just having that open communication so not only the physical side of preparing them physically for practice and like the structure of the actual practice itself, but the mental side and like communicating to them, Hey, I want you to know that this season is going to be hard Mm -hmm. as all seasons are. 
and it's not gonna uh, the skills aren't gonna come easy what I'm gonna ask you to do is this this and that and this is what I expect from you and if you need like a mental break I would rather you take a well this is just us anyway I don't know if any other coaches like want to follow that guideline but this is what we follow if you need like a break on something I would rather you communicate it to me than get silent and blow up at your teammates and then not have productive practice I would rather you shut down or just shut down and then and then it's a flat tire like you said it's not productive yeah we need to continue productivity so just communicate what you need Mm -hmm. and if you need a second I'll give you that second yep but what we're not going to do with that second this is what we would say anyway. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. What we would say is we're not going to take that second and go sit in 20 minutes like in the bathroom. Right. We're yeah. going to, we will have a minute, mm-hmm. but it will be enough time to collect ourselves, take a couple deep breaths, grab some water, maybe eat a quick snack mm-hmm. and come right back. Yeah. Because in all reality, it is a time crunch and it still is a sport. So we can't just like have this full therapy session of mm-hmm. like, I need a minute coach. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is I would rather them communicate I'm overwhelmed and frustrated. I need to grab a drink rather than I'm going to get quiet and repress and then um, mentally either give up or just uh, get angry with my teammates or my coaches and get disrespectful. Mm -hmm. That doesn't get any productivity. So you, there really is a balance between those things. So again, communicating that to your athletes, like you need a minute, that's fine. Don't take 20 minutes. So um, physically, mentally, just structurally what that looks like that's really what we do to prepare for practices and to prepare for competition season itself at our practices um but yeah thank you i would say too like sorry to interrupt you i just wanted to add in um if you are work we say be persistent with your skills i would say also we've had times where we've been very persistent for a long time yes and um and we just don't get the skills yeah one thing we try to do before we say okay let's switch gears and try for a different skill is i try to get other eyes on it so i'll ask another coach that sure. i like know and respect and i know they have good experience with it sure i send them a video of what we're doing and if it like looks totally weird to them or they're like you should try this then we'll try that sometimes we'll look up different grips like recently with full-ups mm-hmm. um with we changed it from the main base uh grip to the ruby slipper full up we change it to a ruby slipper because we know that our kids hit ruby slipper full ups really easy or not full ups half ups so we know that they understand the moving piece of it um but yeah like you said we just switched it up yeah and And they were able to hit them and they yeah and they were able to have some success in that there are going to be times where you as a coach you're like that thermostat with of your team and you're able to yes say persistent but there's going to be times where you've been persistent for a long time these haven't worked and you know okay now it's time to switch gears and stop working on that skill let's find a skill that's equivalent Mm -hmm. if we don't know a skill that's equivalent that is like that skill then let's ask somebody that we know that knows cheer that knows this score sheet who can help us yeah and um i'm not saying that we know everything about the score sheet because we definitely do not no but we do um we do have some experience with it so we're totally there to help and if we don't know how to help we're also happy to point you in the direction of somebody who we feel like could help you yep it's all about asking for help coaching takes a community it does um it really is any kind of alone and and it does it's a it's it's a lonely world world. (laughs) to do it to try and coach and and be your own village no you you need people yes you do whether or not that be another coaching staff or even you know just 
another person in the cheer community yes. that maybe lives states away from you yeah. that is willing to help you and be yeah. like, hey, I have some ideas on that. Yeah. Can I help you? Um, yeah, it takes a village. And what I was going to say earlier was just thank you guys for being uh, that village for us. Yes. And thank you for listening. And coaches, if you're out there listening, we hope that it encourages you. Our podcast is continuing to encourage you to become a better leader and a better coach. And then um, even if you're not a part of the cheer world, we hope it's interesting yeah. to you at least. I'm surprised um, and, by a few people that have told me that they yeah. listen to it and they're not like in the cheer world, but yeah. like they're friends of ours or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, oh, you actually want to listen? You like you like the cheer <laughs> stuff because we love it. Yeah, that's I why mean, we, we talk live about and it. breathe this stuff. I mean, it's yeah. our world. We just yeah. it's so awesome to us yeah. and so much fun and yeah, yeah. The shout out of the week, we want to give it out to our sweet girls on our J two. So we have a recreational, traditional level two team, which is our J two bandits our junior level two bandits yes. um that was just a long explanation of me saying that and that is coach janice's team yes. she coaches them yes and our two new captains on that team coach janice has just announced our faith and ava wall yeah um we are so excited for them um they absolutely exemplify what being a rogue cheer athletics cheerleader is all about um they show great leadership qualities they are hard working um they are caring and they are respectful um, they truly want to see their teammates succeed, and I believe that's what makes a great leader is not bossing people around, yeah. but wanting to see others succeed, and that's what a real leader does, and they definitely do that. So we wanted to give our shout-out of the week to Faith and Ava Wall. We love you girls. Um, hopefully you're listening. Um, and if not, we'll just tell you about it later because we're really just proud of you. Yeah, um, so proud of you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode uh, of the Real Life Cheer Podcast. We will see you again next week. Uh, let us know on Instagram and make sure to be following us on Instagram, by the way, uh, so you can uh, make suggestions for what our next podcast should be about. And I'm Coach Maisie. I'm Coach Becky. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Thank you guys so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Real Life Cheer Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We'll see you next week.